Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 606. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about will we have a recession? because I've been getting lots of questions about this. There's lots of conversation going on. It's in the news. It's everywhere. (laughs) So I wanted to give you my interpretation of what's going on. What are they talking about when they're making a big deal about an inverted yield curve? What does that mean? We're going to sort through it all together. So recently, the media has been talking a lot about the possibility of a future recession. So let's define a recession. A recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Recessions can bring things like unemployment, a decline of economic activity, lower sales, a consumer who's spending less. We all know that a recession does not feel good. But what is the source of all of this sudden concern about a recession? Well, it's something called an inverted yield curve. The way that interest rates normally function is shorter term interest rates are lower than longer term interest rates. Just like when you buy a CD at the bank and you buy a shorter term, a six month CD is going to have a lower interest rate than a five year CD. Well, it's the same thing with bonds. Bonds are just a source of borrowing by the government. Treasury bonds are issued by the government. They're a form of debt and shorter term treasuries would normally have a lower interest rate than longer term treasuries. But sometimes it gets all mixed up and the short term rates are actually higher than the long term rates. And that's what's called an inverted yield curve. Let's say a 10 year treasury has a yield of only 2% and normally a two year treasury might have a yield of half a percent. Well, if the short-term rate moves up to 1.7% and the 10-year rate moves down to 1.5%, then you have a two-year rate that's greater than the 10-year rate, and that's called an inverted yield curve. The big deal about it is just that it can portend a recession in the future, sometimes 18 months into the future. So it's not anything that is forecasting something for sure, nor is it forecasting something 100%, nor is it forecasting anything even in the immediate future. So an inverted yield curve is one indication of the possibility of a recession, maybe sometime way out there, 18 months, 24 months in the future. That's what all the hullabaloo is about. Here's why I'm not that worried. We like to look at economic indicators that show us the health of the economy. And in the VIP experience, we're doing that every single month on our webinar to try to get a gauge on, is the economy improving or is the economy weakening? Because if the economy is weakening, then that would support the theory of a recession in the future. 
But if the economy is strengthening, then that does not support the theory of a recession in the future. We look at things like the unemployment rate, which has been falling and has been very healthy. So fewer people are unemployed, that's a good sign. We look at things like the consumer sentiment. Consumer spending is two thirds of the economy. So if the consumer sentiment is good, that means the consumer is feeling confident. Consumer confidence is high, that's a good sign. That means they're gonna to continue to spend and two thirds of the economy is going to be heartily supported by a consumer who's spending a lot at the holidays, who's perhaps buying new cars, buying new homes, furnishing their homes, sending their kids off to school with new clothes, etc. It's hard to think about a recession coming if the consumer's feeling comfortable enough to keep spending and if their confidence is high. Another thing we look at is the inflation rate. Inflation has been under the 2% mark in the lower 1% area, and inflation does not seem to be getting out of control. There doesn't seem to be anything strange happening with inflation, even though we hear a lot about the tariffs and what's going on with the tariffs. Now, I really don't know whether the media is right that the tariffs are going to add costs to the consumer, or if the president is right, saying that China really pays the tariffs, because I have no evidence of either one. So what I'm going to say is let's set that aside and let's think about a couple of things. Number one, the U.S. is the largest economy. The U.S. is not only a very large manufacturing economy, but it also has vast natural resources. We are now very self-sufficient with our energy and are even exporting energy now. That's a very healthy sign. So America can manufacture a lot of what it needs for itself. We're not really reliant on exports the way that other countries are reliant on our imports. In other words, for the United States to remain prosperous, we don't have to export to China. We don't have to export to Japan. We don't have to export to Europe. We're buying their imports. We're buying Japanese cars and televisions and electronics. We're buying German cars. We're buying inexpensive Chinese goods, perhaps at Walmart. So other countries are more reliant on us for us to buy their imports. What if we stopped buying their imports and we created those things ourselves? Well, if we didn't buy cheap things from China to sell at Walmart, I guess we'd survive. Maybe we'd have to manufacture them here in the US and it might be more expensive, probably, but I think we could get along. We were buying our steel through China and that didn't work out too well in terms of the quality of the steel. So we took that industry back in-house and now we're buying steel from United States companies again. That may just happen on a bigger scale where we're not buying from overseas companies and we're manufacturing here and we're buying our own product. In that case, our economy is going to go up. We'll have more jobs, we'll have more production, we'll have higher sales. I can't really make a negative case for that other than it will be more costly because our manufacturing costs would be much higher because our labor costs are higher here than they are overseas. So whether we pay for the tariffs, China pays for the tariffs, I don't know, but I can see where it may not really matter because the U.S. economy is so big and so strong, other countries really rely on us to buy their goods. 
we're not reliant on them so much to buy our goods. So I'm not worried about the tariffs. So let's go back to our original question. Will we have a recession? My thought is I don't see one coming, at least not in the near future. I see unemployment is low. I see the consumer spending strongly. Oh, and that reminds me, there was a very interesting story that I heard about a car dealership in Arizona that was going bonkers, crazy with sales. There were 57 salespeople on the floor, every one of them busy with a customer, and a waiting line for people to talk to car salesmen at a recent report of a truck dealership in Arizona. 14 financing people were all busy financing new buyers. So it seems to me if you have a car dealership that is that crowded, that packed with people wanting to buy cars, that's probably an indication the economy is doing pretty well. Also with interest rates trending down, that'll spur another round of refinancing, more people buying homes, homes becoming more affordable, etc. As long as the housing market stays propped up, that's going to be very good for the economy. And if interest rates do go lower from here, that's even more positive. So in my mind, I'm seeing the normal pullbacks in the stock market, but nothing portending a recession. I'm seeing low inflation and lots of positive indications of growth. So I know the news people have to say something to get you to watch their program. But in my opinion, staying focused on the truth behind the numbers and what's really going on with our economic indicators is a way to keep the emotion out of investing and to keep us from having the highs and lows that the media loves to get us addicted to. If you want to get a better handle on investing and understanding these types of things, come and join the VIP experience. It's my inner investing circle. And we love to talk about how to get your money working harder for you so you can have financial freedom and learn all that without complexity and without overwhelm. Just answer the few short questions in the questionnaire in the show notes and we'll set up a mutually convenient time to talk and see if it's a good fit for both of us. And don't forget, we have our summer sizzle contest going on. Five people will win wealth mentoring sessions with me. Ten people will win my Wealth Heiress book voted one of the all-time best wealth books by Book Authority, and 10 people will win the Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio set valued at $197. All you need to do is leave a review on iTunes. That'll get your name in the drawing one time. Or if you use Android, leave a review on Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. That'll get your name in the drawing one time. And if you've read the Wealth Heiress book, leave a review on Amazon and that will get your name in the drawing two times. Winners will be announced on the August 30th podcast. And don't forget the full library of over 600 podcasts is on my website podcast page at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.